Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise in revolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green and Laura Thompson. Debs, oh my gosh. So webinar 29. I know. Me, who me? Yes, you. Yes, you. Imposter syndrome. So um, it seems to generate quite a lot of interest. It seems to be a big trend topic at the moment. Certainly one I've had lots of conversations with, um, you know, people in my friendship circle and professional circle. So as someone that's been coaching people for, for years, yeah. what's your take on this imposter syndrome? Oh, my God. It comes up um, time and time again with people um, around saying, I don't know if I could do that job. Um, I don't know why I'm here. How have I ended up? Um, doing the job that I'm doing I'm not qualified to do it but someone's just found me um, someone might catch me out that's the thing that sort of comes through on some of the conversations you have with people and I suppose for me it's always quite going wow you know what what makes you think that you are the imposter you know because you're you're not fraudulently doing something you shouldn't be doing you were employed and because you had the skills and the talents um, and they they took you on based on that so how can you be an imposter um, around that so what we do is then start to um, talk through about what, what are the skills that you bring um, and what it is that you are really great at. So by unpicking that belief that somebody might have that they might not be very good at something or someone's going to catch them out, um, we sort of start to build um, their, their portfolio of what they do bring to the party. Um, and that's always a really interesting topic to have because I think people, um, Law, are really quick to say what they're not great at yeah I'm happy to say that and I know in our experiences you know we've we've sort of come across that when we say to people tell me what you're great at and they go oh but we say tell us what you're not great at and they're quite happy to share that so so we know that if we can flip somebody's thinking to look at what just not what they're not good at but also what they are good at mm-hmm. um, then that builds starts to build their inner belief and, and they're there for a reason I think that's the other thing that comes across they've been put in that job because they're good at it you know, I mean, no one's going to recruit somebody that's not good at it, really. So so we have to, I suppose, in the coaching, we have to get people to remind themselves of what they are doing and what they are capable of um, and what they um, bring to the party, as I always call it. Um, and that they, we all, they get, sometimes they also say, we, well, I, if I make a mistake, they're going to catch me out. And I go, but yeah, but making mistakes is all part of the learning process. So, you know, learn to take your, any mistakes in your stride, I suppose, because um, it is the nat- that, you know, as you were, as we were talking about and you were saying about the unconscious competence, that's yeah. about learning. Um, and it's part of the process of being human, I think, that, yeah. you know, none of us are 100% perfect or flawless. Um, we're all work in progress, as I always call it. Um, so if we can accept that, you know, we bring some great stuff and know what that great stuff is, then, you know, we can start to build our own inner confidence, our inner belief, and that actually we don't need external validation. We just need to internally validate our, you know, with ourselves um, and that we've got the power and our inner confidence is the bit that's got us where we are today. So yeah. that's always a fascinating thing to, to yeah. talk about. And actually, listen, listen to you say that, because the only thing in this world that is 100% flawless and does exactly what it says are machines. Well, exactly. <laughs> so so the, the roles for us, you know, moving forward in this next decade are going to be the ones that are difficult to define, therefore you can't get a certificate for it, that are going to be intangible because anything 100% tangible and measurable is likely to be offloaded to machines. Yeah. 
So in my mind, I'm sort of thinking we better tackle this at the dawn of this decade, because if we're feeling a little bit insecure about what we can do, even though we don't feel perfectly trained for it, then it's only going to magnify as we have more and more of the trickier stuff yeah. that is going to be left for the for the humans to sort of, um, yeah. you know, sort of put into it. Um, why do you think this year is is where it seems to have popped up even more as the trend? So this term imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> What is it about this year that seems to have brought it up, do you think? Um, I think on the people that I've been coaching, people have had more time. Um, People are not maybe doing the job that they were doing because they've been furloughed. So therefore, they're reflecting about whether they, you know, uh, can I do my job? Will they have me back? Do they want me to come back? How often do they want me to come back to work? When I get back to work, will I remember what I've done? Um, So that's been really interesting. So, um, and I suppose in the time I've been coaching, it comes up again and again and again with, you know, with every, we all have a, an element of feeling like an imposter at times. Um, but actually this, over the last sort of since January, February time, when all this and March, when it all started to get kicking off, I think people are starting to go, oh, what if I can't do my job when I go back? What mm-hmm. if I've forgotten what I was doing? Um, yeah. And it's really fascinating because as people I'm working with are starting to go back to work, They've been doubting their ability. Can I do my job when I go back? And so I've been saying to them, well, why can't you? You know, if you think nobody's been doing their job in that particular organization for that period of time, so everybody's going to be in the same boat. So we're all relearning and getting back up to speed. But because you've done the job and you're doing it really well and you've been doing it really well, you just get back in the flow of it. And then you'll probably realize that, oh, my God, I do know my stuff. So, yes, I think it's had I think it's right now people are reflecting more and there's that doubt coming in and that bit that says, can I do that? You know, will they keep me? You know, will they find out that I can't do it? Because but. Actually, who says they won't? You know, you're doing the job now. So, um, yeah, it's been fascinating to, to yeah. have a look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I mean, it's like putting a pair of proper shoes again after six months of flip-flops, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it is. <laughs> you know, it's still fit. Um, now, I'd love to pick your brains on this. I know it's a mildly controversial question, but, you know, this is sort of secrets from a coaching environment, <laughs> of which is a hugely privileged, you know, um, uh, place to sort of to be in. Is there a difference in the way that men and women view this what's your take on that is this a woman thing imposter syndrome what what what, what's going on there do you reckon I think um I think I think well first of all both male and female can have this okay I think women are um are sort of more open to talk about it in my experience and they're and they're more um willing to say I'm going to get caught out or um I don't know why I've got this job why me so I think they're more open to speak about it um which is then changing their mindset around whereas men I've I found takes them a couple of sessions of coaching before they go yeah I don't know how I got this job so <laughs> there's, there's, okay. Okay. and I always say to them, oh that's interesting tell me more about uh, the classic about the classic <laughs> it's in there tell me more um because yeah that I I'm not sure if I you know how did I get this job well you got it so talk to me again about, you know, what is it that enabled you to get that job? So again, you know, what skills do you bring? What what successes have you had even in that period of time? And I think the other thing is um, 
it doesn't matter where you are in your career either, I think, as to when you start. I was just going to say, is, is, this a, is this a, you know, a young person's thing? Is this an old person's thing? Yeah, no, it doesn't matter, I found. Um, I've had, you know, people who've got their first jobs, um, working with graduates as well, where, you know, they, they do so much as part of their graduate, like, programme where they go into workplaces. And then when they get a job, they then go... <gasps> Yeah, but they might find out I can't do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's, you know, let's be realistic here, you know, and talk to them about the fact that, um, you know, this is a learning process. You know, you're not expected to come in on day one or day 90 knowing everything about the job you're doing. You know, Mm -hmm. let's be realistic and just look at where you've come from. You know, so successful at school, successful at teamworks, successful at uni, you're successful at, you know, obtaining, getting yourself on a graduate scheme. Um, You know, so it's just making them realise that they've made, they've got here, you know, on their merit, not on anybody else's. So they've done great stuff to get there. And then you get the other end sort of, you know, of the who might be promoted into a new role that go, I don't know how I got that. How, why did they promote me? Well, let's explore that a little bit more then, you know, it's the, and so I don't think there's any difference. It's just how open people are to talking about it. And I found in my experience, women are more open to talk about how they're feeling about this and that they're going to get caught out as opposed to men who are taking a little bit longer to warm up to the fact that it's okay to talk about this fact that, you know, maybe they've got this, as you mentioned, the inferiority complex, you know, um, and and I think it's that bit that said, yeah, but but what? But they're not as um, maybe not as free to talk about it initially. And I don't think this is my thoughts, not theirs, that they would say that to their maybe their best mate. Whereas women, I found, you know, are quite openly said to me, you know, when I mentioned it to you know, my best mate, you know, I told them that, and um, they just laughed at me because they said, but you're brilliant. And I went, well, yeah, you are. So what is it that's going on for you that you're, you're not seeing it for yourself? Um, but we both end up, male or female, um, you know, coming to the same conclusion that it comes back to that fact that says, you know, know what you're good at. You do know what you're good at. You're learning. We're all working progress, as I said. But, you know, making sure that you are you know, set yourself affirmations, if you like. Remember, I always put together a smile file. I always ask people to put together a little bit of a smile file that enables them to capture those moments of greatness for them, where they've got great feedback, um, where someone said something really complimentary about them, where someone's validated their work because it was brilliant. Um, And just those emails that they might get from their customers that go, oh my God, you helped me. Um, So to create their own little smile file enables them to look back when they may be a bit in doubt and just remind themselves of how great they are and the impact I think that they've had on other people is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just as a sort of a final reflection, because I think there's an irony in it. There's a little bit reminds me of Joseph Heller's Catch 22 book. Yes. You know, you have to be, uh, uh, you cannot declare yourself insane if you're insane. Like, um, that's the Catch 22. Like, surely it's only people who want to be good would worry about being an imposter. <laughs> it's actually the imposter syndrome or inferiority complex, whatever it may be, is actually because you're so passionate about doing a good job, yeah. there's a fear that you're not going to do the best you can. So it's, yeah. it's almost something to maybe celebrate and, and flip on its side is the fact I might be feeling like a bit of an imposter syndrome at the moment because actually deep down I really care about doing a good job. Yeah. And, and that, I, I think that's it. Yeah. If I care about doing a good job, then I wouldn't be worried about getting found out or not because I wouldn't be, you know, sort of connected to it. So maybe to all of those out there who are listening, 
yeah. the imposter syndrome. I wouldn't bang on about it too much, otherwise you're going to hold yourself back. Yeah. And maybe treat it as what it is. It's a label that actually indicates you care passionately no. about being good at what you're doing. Yeah, and, and the fact that you know who you are and you know what you bring and you're actually living your values and purpose. And, and I think that is fundamental law is the fact that they are passionate and they so care that they are doing a good job. Um, you're right. And, and that's knowing that you, you deserve the place in work. You, got, you went through the interview process. You've done all the groundwork to get you there. Yeah. So you deserve to belong. Um, so it's that bit about just changing, you know, you, the, your mindset around because people worked hard to get to the job that they've got to, you know, so that's always good. So that bit around, you know, making sure their state of mind is in the place that said, yeah, actually I am good at what I do. And that silence sometimes acknowledgement, as I said, that internal validation that goes, yeah, I am good. I am really good at what I do. Otherwise yeah. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. And you saying you're good at something doesn't mean that anyone else is less good as a result of you. What's that phrase? Uh, the, 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 the Marianne something poem, which is you hiding your light under a bush, bush yeah. just means there's less light in the world or something, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it runs something like that. Yeah. yeah. Marianne yeah. Williamson, I think it doesn't, it doesn't, it just removes light from the world as opposed yeah. to just sort of sharing light. So, you know, we always like to end on a tangible action. Yes. What would you say would be one practical action that uh, for someone who, or maybe someone who's got a friend who is feeling a little bit wavery at the moment, what would be something that you think would be a really good confidence pep exercise to do? So I think there's two things. First of all, talk about how you're feeling. That's the number one. And then get that, get some affirmations going. So rem- one, remember what you're great at, but also mm-hmm. ask somebody else what they think you're great at as well. So you can hear it from somebody else that goes, that sees stuff that you may not see. So I think they're the key things. Um, and I suppose also know that you're not alone in this. There's loads of people that think the way that this is, but know what you're good at and know that you've got to get out of your own head and the facts in front of you say that you do this and you are really great at this. And then just that positive affirmation that enables you to go, yeah, actually, I am really good at it. Oh, love it. Yeah. And Debs, I think you're great at doing this. Oh, thanks, Lord. See you at the next webinar. <laughs> See you at the next one. Love you lots. <laughs> love you. Secrets from a Coach. Brought to you by Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at wishfish.org.uk.